Und wir als Skoda und wir als Volkswagen AG bekennen uns extrem und ausdrücklich zum Stand. At the beginning of April in Mara Boleslav, Karsten Schnacke, Skoda Auto Board Member for Purchasing, met with the Ukrainian employees that Skoda Auto had helped to move from war-torn Ukraine. The women will be producing cable harnesses in Boleslav, just as they had until recently in Lviv, Ukraine. Tune in to today's Simply Clever Podcast 2.0 to find out more. Today's Simply Clever podcast 2.0 is special. We won't be talking about digital technologies or innovations, but about helping the people of Ukraine fleeing from Russian aggression. Due to the war, PEKM Kabeltechnik temporarily suspended production at its plant in Lviv, where they assemble cable harnesses for door panels, bumpers, seats and tow bars. The factory is now operating again, but to a limited extent due to supply constraints. This is why Škoda Auto decided to help the company duplicate production, in other words, double up production specifically in Mladá Boleslav. Among other things, the car maker has thus enabled at least some employees to leave the war-torn country. 35 Ukrainian women have started working in Boleslav, Šnake announced. Because it's always a question, you can move completely out nah, or you decide to stay with the country. And it's a part of Europe for us. Nah, and in this way, we are staying with, uh, with the people in the country because they are supporting us with our products, with high quality issues. And uh, this is also something for us where we say, okay, we are staying with them. Nah. This means for us what we are doing to also protect our end customers of the car so that our car delivery times are not getting too long and longer and longer. We decided to double everything of the production outside of the Ukraine as long as the war is, uh, let me say, uh, running. Um, but the plan is always to go back to the production in the Ukraine after the war. And um, this is why we are doing this, let me say, partially doubling you know, and looking for the right facilities or for the right uh, places for them and uh, every time to, to have also the chance to go back. How did Škoda Auto manage to relocate part of the production from Ukraine to Mladá Boleslav in just a few weeks? And how important is it for the car maker? Today's guests on the Simply Clever Podcast 2.0 are the head of Škoda Auto Connectivity and Electronics Purchasing Department, Jan Melichar, and the supply chain risk manager, Pavel Odstrčil. My name is Wojciech Koval. Technologies and innovations have been my main topic as a journalist for the past few years, and this is Simply Clever Podcast 2.0. Thanks for tuning in. Takže pan Melichar, dobrý den. Dobrý den. So, Mr. Melichar and uh, Mr. Odstrčil, hello. Hi. Hi. Pánové, vítejte v Simply Clever podcastu. Gentlemen, welcome to the Simply Clever podcast 2.0. Let's start by looking at how all this began. We're now standing in front of the production that has been duplicated here in Mladá Boleslav. How did this idea come about and how did you start implementing it? We started dealing with the situation about two days after the conflict broke out. 
From the 26th to 27th of February, a large workshop was held at VW, at the highest level. A clear strategy was outlined, stating that we stand behind our suppliers in Ukraine, that we'll do everything to support them, and that we're initiating activities where all the suppliers will meet, of course still abiding by all the compliance rules and regulations in place, and discuss how to help each other deal with this unprecedented situation, keeping losses and expense to a minimum. So, this is how it all started. A clear strategy was defined during that first weekend, and ever since the following Monday we've been talking to our suppliers every day about how to deal with the situation. Every brand at VW was assigned a company to take patronage over. We were assigned to PKM and immediately began looking into the possibilities of relocating the company. Given that PKM is a slightly smaller company than some other global players, it didn't have any international premises to move to, unlike some others who had decided to move, for example, to Africa or to South America. Some larger companies often have available capacity where production is lower than planned. However, this wasn't the case with PKM. My colleagues suggested relocating their production here, because we'd originally talked about setting up somewhere between Mlada Boleslav and Turnov. PKM also had a branch in Liberec, where they have their R&D division and produce cable harnesses. Then he managed to find this space. We brought up the idea at an internal meeting and everyone was in favour. Within a short period, we managed to lease the space to the company for one year under non-commercial terms. We'll come on to duplicating production shortly, but before we get into what this means exactly and what it meant during the preparation, could I just ask, has this ever been done before? Production is usually duplicated when you need to increase capacity. On Škoda projects, this happens quite often, because we start with a conservative estimate and then find out we need about twice as much capacity. So we would invest in all the duplicate tools, molds or lines, or we would agree with the supplier that they would invest, since we don't pay for all the tools as an investment. However, the whole process has never been this quick, within weeks, as we're seeing now. I would just like to add that the duplication of production capacity and facilities is rarely carried out in a crisis. As my colleague mentioned, the usual process is that the life cycle of a project reaches the point where the capacity needs to be increased. However, we're still talking about normal, good weather operations. Usually situations with a risk management background tend to be dealt with by relocating. This may involve part of a supplier's production capacity or a complete relocation. The current situation is entirely different. I'd say, first and foremost, we have a clear commitment to our Ukrainian suppliers as our business partners and their staff who we consider colleagues. I'm very glad that the relocation option based on pursuing certain interests at the level of parts availability was never on the table. I'm truly grateful for that. Yes, this was also mentioned by Mr. Schnacke 
Uh, you are in fact making a decision at the moment. You're deciding whether to leave or stay and support not only your partner, but also the country and the people there. Leaving the country was never an option for us. We were only pushed into a situation where we had no idea how things would work, at what capacity, and whether they'd work at all. This is why the decision was made to duplicate the production, i.e. to create additional production capacity. At the same time, we made it clear that we would buy every part they could produce in Ukraine. However, we still need to keep in mind that we can't afford to simply drop out and stop producing, because this isn't just about our suppliers in Ukraine, but about the whole supply chain that depends on us. This has suffered some serious blows in recent years. Still, we have a clear commitment. We stand behind our suppliers in Ukraine and fully support them. My stojíme pevně za svými dodavateli na Ukrajině. I would just like to add that there are several reasons. This crisis is unprecedented for many of us. We've experienced various situations, but we're not used to this. As a risk manager, I felt like the Black Chronicle so many times. Whenever there is a stir somewhere, I would immediately start getting reports from our purchasing systems, and we would try to analyze what supplier we have in that region and how we could deal with the situation in terms of capacity if something happened. But this is the first case of being confronted with a situation of this kind. So we said right at the beginning that our commitment to our partners would stay strong, both from an economic point of view, which means we would pay our suppliers within the shortest possible time, and from a social perspective. When we see the people coming to us from Ukraine, I think it's essential that we try to maintain an environment of stability and normality. It has a certain emotional aspect, and I'm very glad that we've been able to do what I think is right. Yes, you can see this in the reactions of the employees from the companies that stayed in Ukraine. They're very eager to return to work. They're willing to go despite the danger. Now, it might be less risky to go to work than to stay at home, so this might play a role too. But there's a huge effort to keep things as normal as possible and not go along with the narrative that the other side has been pushing. Of course, I don't want to overestimate how much our colleagues in Ukraine see this as a positive signal from our side, but I must say I find their determined attitude to fulfill their contractual obligations truly admirable. The fact that our colleagues in Ukrainian towns are going to work and are even considering opening additional shifts, the fact that they regularly exceed their commitments to us in terms of volume, I find admirable. Just to clarify for our listeners uh, so that they don't imagine that uh, they are robotic arms and things like that, could you explain what it means to duplicate production? We see some tables behind us and we've seen the female employees here doing most of the work manually, assembling the harnesses. How hard was it to set up uh, production here? In this first phase, we're only talking about moving a few projects for VW commercial vehicles. 
What helped us move these projects was that VW hadn't been producing for a while, which wasn't the case with Škoda. Although we were originally considering partially relocating to Mlada Boleslav, we weren't able to create pre-stock. So we made a spontaneous decision to completely rebuild half of the capacity in the first step, installing it here by week 35, so that we'd have a backup solution in case the situation doesn't return to normal, ensuring 100% output, or in case, God forbid, the situation gets even worse. We needed to make sure we had a backup plan, but the aim is to have a 100% capacity output in Ukraine again as soon as possible. I'd just like to add, Wojciech, that the production of cable harnesses is mostly manual work, unlike some other material groups, commodities and families of parts. I'd say this is an advantage right now because we've never been confronted with a situation like this. And a few weeks ago, it was very difficult to get across the border. All the logistical routes were very hard, if not impossible, to get through. If we had to transport some extremely large or complex tools and production equipment, such as presses or injection machines, that would not play into our hands. So, despite all the misery of the situation, the fact that the production equipment is not too complex is something of an advantage. On the other hand, staffing is more demanding for this type of production. But then again, this aspect was one of the factors monitored by Škoda, since we offered the company to partially duplicate their production, which included staffing. Before we get to the employee aspect, which I'm also interested in, did I understand correctly that uh, part of the equipment here comes from the regional plant uh, in Ukraine and part of it had to be outsourced? What you're looking at here has been transported from the plant in Ukraine. All of it? Yes. So this worked out well. Yes, this went well. As I said, VW hadn't been producing for a few weeks, so it was possible to load it and transport it in a matter of around three weeks. I'll just point out one thing that probably won't come as a surprise to the listeners. The employees here are women only because it wasn't possible to bring the man, correct? Male employees under the age of 60 aren't allowed to leave Ukraine due to compulsory military service. On the other hand, it should also be mentioned that even in Ukraine, about two-thirds to 70% of the employees assembling cable harnesses are women. Right, so no big difference here. I don't think it's too different from the standard here. Mr. Chabra mentioned this when showing us around, and Mr. Schnake also indicated that the situation in Ukraine is not getting any better and all the workers who stayed in Ukraine deserve a lot of respect. What does the situation look like from a production point of view? To what extent are you able to keep things going? In terms of Škoda, the projects are implemented exclusively from Ukraine, and despite certain difficulties, they can deliver everything as needed. The only exception so far relates to producing the Enyak, located in Zhitomir, which was hit hard. 
But overall, our colleagues from Ukraine are delivering as planned, with a slightly scaled-down program. I was just wondering, you mentioned that, uh, especially in the early days, the logistics were extremely difficult. Is there a smoother way to take care of this now? Because it is one thing to be able to produce what is needed, but uh, it's another thing altogether to be able to transport it uh, to the Czech Republic. As Honza mentioned in a previous interview, at the beginning we were faced with situations where a fully loaded truck was pulled over on the highway and the driver was sent to the front line. This did not happen with our supplier, but they are situations that are pretty hard for most of us to imagine. So there's been a dramatic increase in demand from logistics companies for drivers who do not fall into the conscription age range. We've been trying to focus on colleagues who are over 60 or come from other countries. Which wasn't very easy in the first weeks, because many companies simply stopped going to Ukraine for safety reasons. Obviously, suppliers were not eager to get any contracts related to logistical processes for shipping anything from Ukraine. So in the beginning, it was a bit difficult. But we are glad that we've been able to carry things out, at least to this extent. Jan Habera, executive director of PEKM Kabel Technik, took us through the production hall in Mara Boleslav during the April event. We exclusively supply these cable harnesses, in other words, harnesses for door panels, bumpers, seats and tow bars primarily. So here we have set up production for VWN, i.e. for the Crafter and T6 Transporter, because they have the greatest need and urgency to ramp up production here at our plant. We also have plans in the pipeline for ensuring production for the other Škoda Auto platforms. So we'll be starting with the Fabia and then we'll gradually be ramping up production here for the Superb, Kodiak and Karok. There are three basic stages of production. The first is the cutting process, where the wires are stripped to the required length and contacts are pressed, which is a crucial process that we continue to carry out at our plant in Liberec. The Ukrainian workers will then carry out the second production step in Lara Boleslav, that is manual assembly. On special tables equipped with auxiliary needles and holders, the individual cables are wrapped in bundles, covered with tape and fitted with plastic connectors. We're now here at the assembly line. According to these instructions, which are mostly posted on the production boards, the workers use all the wires and lay them out according to the schematic. Depending on what variant is being produced, other components are also added. These can be purchased materials, for example various clips like these that are used to install the harness in the car. Of course, they also include connectors or tapes that wrap around the wires to prevent any damage and so on. So this is where the harness is completed. This will now go on to the final operation, which is testing. Employees do this on a special table with a different plugs in which the individual cables are connected. 
The final stage involves each harness being electrically tested. For specific types of harnesses, we have a universal test facility where they select the right test program for the product. So the harness is electrically tested to make sure that every single wire is in the right cell in that particular connector. At the same time, depending on the complexity and also the client's requirements, we also test certain features to make sure that the harness is fully functional and mountable in those vehicles. If it passes the test, an identification label is printed out, clearly stating what kind of harness it is, when it was made, by which worker, and this is then applied to the harness and placed in the box. Depending on the purpose of the bundle, each box contains a predetermined number of bundles to be packed in it, and an identification label is printed out at the end, stating the handling information. I'll just add a little bit of personal insight. At the beginning of today's event, you met with the employees here, and we all saw that they were moved and truly grateful to have the opportunity to maintain some continuity, let's say, to keep living a relatively normal life. It is important to them, not just the fact that they were able to flee from the situation, but also that they were able to keep their jobs. That is true, but I probably wouldn't limit it to the employees here. I would say the situation is quite burdensome for all of us in a way. I don't know how you felt in the first weeks of the conflict, but I was basically stuck to online broadcasts all the time, and I kept thinking to myself this couldn't possibly be happening. At the same time, I kept trying to find something positive in all the bad news. Now, of course, we're slowly getting into the second phase of sorts. My almost five-year-old son has been asking me where his kindergarten classmates, Andrea and Eleanor, have come from. So even on a human level, I believe normality is something we'll find very useful in the times to come. That is the message I've taken from the experience. Within the company, we've had workshops on the topic of culture and integrity. For some colleagues, this may have sounded like abstract talk. So I'm truly glad that we've managed to put these principles into practice and provide the support that was needed. We've been able to show that it was not just theory. What we're doing here is what I think of when those terms are mentioned, and I believe it's really important. In the day-to-day -day discussions here, even the toughest colleagues always mention their total respect for our suppliers and their employees, what they've been able to achieve in times like these. I'd say a lot of middle-aged or more senior staff have been reminded of what happened in our country between 1968 and 1990, when the Red Army left. At least this was the case with me and my slightly older colleague, for example. I don't know if this is the right words to use, but I wanted to congratulate you on what you've achieved. Moving everything in a couple of weeks is quite uh, incredible. So, great work, I would say. It's the result of teamwork. This time we were able to forget about any rivalry, haggling for the last cent, which is part of my job, for example, and even the suppliers left aside any competitive struggle. 
and we just worked as one giant team, knowing we had to find a way to overcome this strange situation together. From my perspective, the crisis is indeed very different from any other crises we have seen. As I said, I've worked as a procurement risk manager for eight years and as an attorney with some background in insolvency law. The primary aim was always to keep production going, maintain the supply of the parts and not spend any more funds than necessary. But the ethical dimension that we're faced with in this specific case was never really on the table. So this is different in every way. I'm very glad that although the company has thankfully never been confronted with such situations in the past, I believe it has done very well in this one. Gentlemen, thank you very much for the interview. Thank you very much. Thank you. The duplication of cable production in Mladá Boleslav is in its early stages, so it is difficult to estimate how long it will continue here. Of course, this will largely depend on how long the war in Ukraine lasts. Karsten Schnacke repeated several times that Škoda Auto wants to continue focusing on production in Ukraine after the end of the conflict. At the same time, however, he did not rule out production continuing in Mladá Boleslav in the future. We are staying with this year because we are also uh, trying to increase our volumes because we have full order books at the moment um, and um, due to the capacity increases we have up front from us uh, it could be also that we are staying with that depending now on how this factory runs and how the capacity um, will run um, so could be but um, again uh, and this is also a topic why we have here when we are happy that these Ukrainian workers help us to ramp it up because we want also to offer them to go back to their home country and support the Ukraine after that. Of course, the people of Ukraine still need help. There are several ways you can get involved, for example by donating to the People in Need organization, which was also financially supported by Škoda Auto. More than 1.5 billion crowns have already been donated, but Ukraine will certainly continue to need help in the coming months. I will be looking forward to the next episodes of Simply Clever Podcast 2.0, again coming out in two weeks. Until then, have a nice time and stay safe if you are driving.